Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus $30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody out there, my name is Dr. Ray Tomos, I'm a chiropractor here in Miami, Florida and an official sponsor of the ISPS International Slow Pitch Softball League. Welcome to the Hot Corner here Thursday nights at 7 on Blog Talk Radio. We're going to be covering everything about general health, chiropractic, slow pitch softball, other sports as well, whatever you the listener wants to listen to. This show is based primarily for you guys to keep you entertained and to keep you informed. Call in or tweet us to get on the air. We'll be giving out the number and all our information throughout the show. Hope you guys enjoy and get ready for the Hot Corner. All right, everybody. Sorry about that. It looks like we had a little bit of technical difficulty going on there with the studio, uh, but it sounds like we're back online right now. So, again, I'm Dr. Ray, the host of the show here. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Ray T. Um, and as I was mentioning before, before I was actually on air, um, we have a big show tonight going on. And uh, as you heard earlier, the war chant was, was on and popping, and the war chant was on and popping this past weekend. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight with uh, my co-host, Mr. Manuel T. Ferrero III. Um, but before we even get to Manny, I want to tell you guys everything else that we're going to be having on the show here tonight. Uh, we have another special guest with us tonight. Uh, we have Mikhail Solomon joining us from the Prism Art Fair, uh, which is actually going to be uh, going down now at Art Art Basel, Art Basel, whatever you want to call it. It's a big, great, awesome event that we're going to be talking about on the show tonight. And uh, Mikhail is going to tell us a little bit about 
what's going on at the Prison Mart Fair and what that's all about. So if you guys are interested in going down and, uh, you know, hanging out with the cool crowd and seeing what the art's all about down there and what it all means, uh, then you're in store uh, for, a, for a treat tonight on the show here. So we're going to be bringing Mikhail on in just a little bit here. Um, but before we get to Mikhail, what I want to do is I want to recap uh, the show that we talked, you know, last show we talked a little bit about UM versus FSU and the rivalry and, and, you know, just the atmosphere that we were expecting to see over the weekend. And, you know, uh, Manny and I were able to actually get out to the game and, and enjoy the game, and it was an awesome experience, just a great time. And, you know, no matter who wins or loses, that's what it, that's what it's all about. That's why I think it's one of the best rivalries in college football. But, Without further ado, I'd like to go ahead and introduce my co-host, Mr. Manuel T. Ferrero III, the uh, the international man of mystery, the commissioner of ISPS softball, and the man who makes all this possible. Manny, how you doing? Hey, Dr. Ray. How's it going, brother? Everything's going great, man. You know you know everything's going great on my side. You know, you, you played that war chant yeah. a couple times, and uh, you know why you played it, and you know why I'm good, man. So so talk to me, man. What happened this weekend? What happened with uh, – No, 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 no. What happened with the who? I mean, the you. <laughs> the you. No, hey, let me tell you, dude. Uh, and it was great seeing you at tailgate. We were able to find each other at the uh, at the tailgate party. Uh, we were able to play some uh, beer pong. I had a great time out there. Um, but first and foremost, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Miss, Miss Donna Shalala and, and the University of Miami, man, for um, – hosting me out there at the at the game. Uh they honored my brother. Uh they put his picture up on the Jumbotron. Uh and they honored us out there on the field with some other surviving families. Uh it was a great, great atmosphere. And you know, of course I was going for the U, that's my team. Um but unfortunately they came a little bit short. But it was a great experience, man. And I think at the end it, it really to me, it was a great game, and, and you know, FSU came out on top, but um, it was a great game all the way to the last drive, man. It was it was intense. It was great, great atmosphere. It was great for, for UN, man. I, I can't wait to see them next year. They're a young team. I, uh, I think they're going to be really, really something to look out for for next year, man. I couldn't agree with you more, man, and, and I'm excited as well, too. You know, it's uh, – it's something that I look forward to each and every day. Um, ever since I've been in practice for six years, every time that UM plays FSU that Saturday, I wear my jersey to the office. You know, my patients at this time already know to look for it. Everybody knows I'm a diehard and all. And uh, it was just awesome being out there in the stands, surrounded by hurricanes, with them thinking they were going to win the whole time, and me knowing that, you know, the comeback kids of the Cuyahoga the Knowles were about to take it down <laughs> when it really mattered. You know what I mean? When when it when it really was all for all the marbles, you know, they, they they come in and they kick it into gear and they make it happen, man. And you know, a Miami kid too, uh Dalvin Cook was Mr. Football in Florida just last year. He's also a true freshman. And I'm really excited about the future for FSU as well too. Um, but also for the rivalry. You know, there's a quarterback in Miami now. Um, you know, hopefully the coaching will uh, I don't know. I don't know about the coaching. I don't want to talk too much about the coaching. I'll let Miami fans talk about the coaching and figure out what they have to do there. But, you know, I'm excited for the rivalry altogether. And, and it's also good for both schools. You know, I remember when whoever won the UMFSU game was going to the national championship. And, you know, now it's barely televised. You know, it was always a game day event. And now it's, you know, something where as of late it's gotten a little bit more uh, headwind because FSU has been nationally ranked. But, I can't wait to see the Canes back in the top 25 and, you know, see that program thriving again because it makes it that much better, you know, when we have that rivalry weekend and, and it's just awesome. So, anyway, I want to I want to thank you, Manny, for being a, a graceful UM fan, not like most of the guys out there, you know what I mean, uh, taunting me the whole time and everything. But, man, oh, no, it was no. a great time. Great time. And uh, also, I think I went – I think my record in beer pong was like 10-2. and two. Uh, so I had a pretty good afternoon with beer pong as well too, but uh, of course I was playing with water, not with beer. This is this is a health show. This is a health show. So uh, that's right. No, but that was that was great, man. It was a lot of fun. So uh, you know, I'm glad that we were able to meet up as well too. The tailgate was crazy. It was an awesome atmosphere out there. 
you know, it was just lined up. We got up there at 3 o'clock, and the game started at 8, and it was just packed up every single row. I mean, we could barely find a spot out there to park it all. And, man, it was just awesome throwing the football between the crowds and grilling up. You know, we had Walter's Coffee Shop out there. Uh, my buddy Adam Burbrick runs the shop, and he he brings out the grill. Yeah, big shout-out to Walter's Coffee Shop, man. Big shout-out to them. Definitely, man. If you guys are ever down south um, on US-1 and off about 179th, go check out Walter's Coffee Shop, um, run by a veteran. Um, Adam is a Marine who, you know, has, has definitely given a lot of service to this country, and we want to thank him for that. Uh, his brother also is in the military, and, you know, just great family there. The Burbricks want to thank them also for uh, coming out and cooking for the whole group and everything and, you know, just making it an all-around great time. So, um Anyway, that about wraps up all that. You know, great time. Um, you know, Manny, if you want to play the war chant throughout the show, you're more than welcome, my man. I, you know, I hear that thing all the time, and it just pumps me up, man. And so, uh, anyway, well, that's, go that's, Noles. That's enough. That's enough. We <laughs> that's can listen to it next all. year again. Yeah, you, you had too much of it already this weekend. So, all right, my man. Great. Maybe, so, maybe at the end of the show I might play it one more time, maybe. There we go. Well, I'm looking forward to it already. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and uh, and let's let's get to our special guest here tonight. She's been on hold now for a couple minutes. We want to get her. Uh, we want to get her on the show here tonight so she can kick off kick off our Art Basil. Um, I guess I guess segment here. So without Art Basel, further... man, be be a little bit cultured, man. It's Art Basel. You, you know what? We're about to find out right now from a pro. We're about to find out right now from a pro. So uh, why don't we go ahead and bring her on? Mikhail, how you doing? Are you, you there I'm, with us tonight? I'm doing good. How are you, Ray? I'm doing awesome. So, Mikhail, before before we get into the Prism Art Fair, is it Art Basel or is it Art Basel? Art Basel. Art Basel. Uh, um, Basel is a is a area in Switzerland, and they brought the franchise to Miami about 12 years ago in 2002. So it's named right. after it's named after the region of Switzerland, which is called Basel. Ah, very very cool. So all right, so we're all learning here today. There you go, Doctor. Right, a little bit of culture on your on your show. There you go. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's funny because I, I was talking to my staff about that earlier, and my whole entire staff told me it's Art Basel, but it's so it's not Art Basel. It is Art Basel. So all right, so I'm glad because now I can go ahead and rub it in and, and tell them, hey. I was right. The boss was right. All right, excellent. So, all right, Mikhail, so tell us, um, well, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself again and, and then a little bit about the Prison Mart Fair, and then, um, you know, we'll continue the conversation. Okay. Uh, well, I am um, I'm from Miami. I was born and raised here, and um, I've always been interested in art. I think I've done every single art form you can possibly think of. I was a dancer. I, was, uh, I also did visual arts. Um, I was a musician. I played the piano for many years, and I'm, I'm also an architect. So in many ways, uh, this was just sort of like a natural progression into um, doing, putting together art shows. Um, I, a, lot of, a lot of my close friends are actually um, artists themselves, and so I, I wanted to create a platform that would give more artists from the African diaspora um, and emerging markets um, some exposure during Art Basel, and particularly local artists that are from Miami. Um, you know, many of them may not necessarily have an opportunity to show work um, during that time. And if you know anything about Basel, I mean, you have millions of people kind of migrate to Miami for that one week um, during um, during the first week of December. Um, so it's a good opportunity for, you know, collectors and galleries to get to know all the various various artists that are showing in the exhibition. Um, so hopefully um, the, the plan is to have this be an annual event that coincides with our Basel Week um, and invite, you know, a lot of people, collectors, to come and see the work, the amazing work that's um, going to be exhibited at PRISM. Um, and this year we have about, I think, about 30 art artists that are exhibiting their work. And they're from different areas of the United States. Um, many of them are from Miami, um, many are from New York, um, Washington, D.C., Chicago. Um, so it's a nice um, regional mix as well as um, culture mix, cultural mix of artists that are going to be exhibiting in the ex- in the show. Wow, that's awesome. And, and, man, Manny, you were right. We do have some culture on the show now. That's great. Um, so There you go, man. We're, no, we're, 
we're evolving from Neanderthals now to modern man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. But you guys seem you guys seem like you're pretty pretty cultured guys. You're just hiding it behind the behind the sports facade. Exactly. I, I only play softball. <laughs> You know when I'm not when I'm not at the Van Gogh Museum. You know, I mean, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Actually, I've been there. I've been there in Amsterdam, and I'll tell you what, it was. I don't remember the name of the museum, but it was a whole bunch of Van Gogh going on in there. It was, it was awesome, and I don't know too much about it. I don't know so much about the history, but art to me is something that I, I extremely enjoy, um, just because of. I'm so not artistically inclined that it just blows my mind that people can do what they do with different materials and with paint and canvas and with, you know, just it, it's amazing how they can project what's in their mind and use their hands to, to make it come to life. And to me, I think that's just that's just amazing. So I'm excited about it. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not so into it, you know, like you, Mikhail, you, you said that, you know, you've been involved with art almost your whole life. Right. You know, I, I've been as involved with art as I guess watching Bob Ross painting, you know, a, a long time. <laughs> and I, I used to love Bob Ross. I, I used to look forward to getting home every single day, um, to to watch him. Uh, that yeah, was like my too, favorite you know? thing. Uh huh. Yeah, a, li- a little Prussian blue, you know, a little happy cloud here, you know. So right. anyway, um, right. But so so tell me, uh, Michaela, how did you, you know, you said you you've you're having artists from all over the country, um. How do you get in contact with these artists, and how do you how do you pick who you want in the Prism Art Fair? And you know, tell me how you go about that a little bit. Um, well, um, I a lot of I have a lot of close friends who um, who are themselves um, gallerists, and they have their own galleries, and and also the artists themselves actually have um, their fingers on on the pulse of what's going on in um, in the arts world because that's what they do. So many, a, a lot of them actually recommended, you know, artists that I should reach out to and, you know, their work. And I, and it's it's, it's very research-based. I'll, I'll, I'll learn a lot about the work through what people recommend. Um, and um, I, I usually fall in love with the aesthetic of the work, but then sometimes the story of the of the work that's presented to is very interesting to me. And, you know, work stories that I feel like, the the um the masses should should really um experience so um i i it's it's a blend it's a blend of me of my own personal taste and really liking the vision of the of the artists that are are creating the work and even the way the work is made like i sometimes it's just um the the process by which the artists make make their work is what's very interesting to me as well so it's a, it's a number of different you know criteria that makes that um, connects me to um, the artist's work. Very cool. So, you know, when most people think art, they think, you know, um, paint, paintings, those kinds of things. Do you have any other kind of art in the Prism Art Fair at all? Yeah, some of the work is three-dimensional, so you'll have some um, some of it's video installation. Um, you will have um, sculpture as well. So it's it's going to be a nice mixed media or a multi multidisciplinary show where you have Many different media that will be represented. Um, so you you can see if you if you're a, person, a very three dimensional person, you'll find work there that speaks to you. If you're if you're a very two D person, you'll find work that speaks to you also. And if you're somebody who likes new media like video and um, conceptual work, you'll find that there also. So it's an, there's something there for everyone. Oh, that's very cool. So I'll definitely be able to find a couple a couple pieces of nice artwork for my office, right? Yes, absolutely. There, there's something there for every every person, um, everybody who's attracted to to work and just wants to make their life a little bit more special. There's something there for everyone. So very, very cool. So, you know, is is a lot of what the artists want to do during Art Basel? I guess kind of sell their work and just kind of is it kind of like a you know an opportunity for them to display what they got and to kind of you know make them a little bit more renowned? Is is that you know, a lot of what goes on? Well, yeah. I mean, Basel is, is typically a platform for either raising the caliber of an artist's work or if you already have the caliber, then, um, you know, you're just, uh, I guess, maintaining your, your, your cachet, so to speak. Um, so um, it's, really, it's really a trade. It's really a trade fair for 
um, for the arts. You know, so different collectors and galleries will either sell or purchase new work for their for their for their galleries. And you know, art art Basel on the, on Miami Beach, which is which is um, I guess the main the main exhibition or the main the main fair. Um, that's where um, that's what sort of started all, this whole phenomena. And then you have a number of these different satellite fairs that pop up. You know, in recent years, you know, the satellite fairs have had really, really compelling, um, compelling things happen. Not just, um, not just for the fair, but they have all sorts of different um, things like art talks. So you get to hear the perspective of the artists themselves. So the artists are there actually um, con- having talks about what motivates them, what, what, what motivates their practice as artists. Um, and then you'll have special people curating work, like um, I know this year at Scope um, Swiss Beats, who's like a famous um, comp- um, producer, is supposed to be curating an exhibition, which is interesting. And then in, in past years, you've had Kanye West talk at Design Miami, and you know he's a, he's a fairly artsy guy himself. So it's it's um, it's a venue where people from all walks have a um, have a platform to really express themselves. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what Art Basel brings to Miami, and it's really I think I think Art Basel is single-handedly responsible for bringing a whole lot of money into Miami because <laughs> before you know I find that um, you know the whole entire arts and culture scene in Miami has improved since since it came to Miami about ten years about twelve years ago. Um, yeah, so it, it's, definitely. It's really given people a lot to talk about and. Uh, it's uh, giving us more of a, vo- a voice on the global stage, I think. So, and that's yeah, well, my- no, I mean, I, I agree with you there. I was gonna say, I, I, I remember, you know, when Midtown was, <clears throat> Midtown wasn't really mid. I mean, nobody even knew what Midtown was. I remember hearing about Midtown and being like, where, where the heck is that? Mm-hmm. You know, but what I do remember is that, you know, it. I think that Art, Art Basel has really as you mentioned, really helped that area out tremendously. It's such a, a venue now, and it's, I mean, Midtown is itself almost taken on the persona of Art, Art Basel, you know, the, the, with the colors everywhere and the murals and everything. So, I mean, I think it's a great part of town. I, I wish I wasn't so far away from there. I'd love to be there a lot more, but I'm definitely going to be checking out Art Basel. So, you know, for maybe people that are listening that have never gone before, um, do you have any... Um, pointers or can you know can you explain the experience a little bit anything that they don't want to miss anything you know any locations or anything that they definitely want to try to check out um in the Winwood area well Where? just during our just during our bottle in in oh. general well in general uh, i would say like some of the satellite fairs are usually you should definitely go to the to the convention center the Miami Beach convention center that's where the main art basel fair is located but then, you know, they have a number of other satellite fairs, and um, I find that um, Art Miami tends to be a good one to check out. Scope is fantastic. Um, Untitled is always, you know, I think Untitled is in its third year, but Untitled, um, as, as I've heard, I unfortunately haven't been yet, but I hear Untitled is a really good fair, and um, also Design Miami um, for the design, people who love design objects. That Design Miami is another exceptional one to go to, also. And don't forget Prism because Prism is in its in its second year, but Prism is um is going to be amazing too. So, um, if if you want to find out more about Prism, you can visit www.priz as in zebra as in maryartfair.com. Um, and you can also follow us on all of our all the major social media um, um platforms like Facebook. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram at Prism Art Fair. Um, and you can hashtag us. If you do come to the fair, you can hashtag Prism Art Fair, hashtag um, Art Basel. Um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to see if I'm missing any other um, shameless plugs. <laughs> yeah, um, keep going. That's what it's all for. That's why we have you on right. here. Keep it going. Right. Um and um, we, we're also having a couple of events during the course of our Basel season. Um, Prism is actually going to be happening from the 4th of December till the 22nd. So um, it, it extends beyond our Basel. 
But um, during our Basel, um, we're going to have um, a, um, a talk called Art Agent of Change. And um, some of um, um, some folks who are doing some fabulous jobs of using art as a tool for economic development and community development in Opelika and Detroit are going to be on the show, as well as a young lady who uses art as an educational tool. Um, she works with um, an organization called National Cares, and they have a, uh, a South Florida chapter, um, and they're doing an exceptional job. They're actually working with PRISM this year to conduct a an app challenge, and the, the students of their organ of their org- that are participants in the organization are creating an app for PRISM, um, and that's a collaboration between South Florida Cares and Code Fever Miami. And Code Fever Miami is another awesome organization. It basically brings code and programming to inner-city communities in Miami. So uh, apart from us being a an art-focused organization, we also try to um, consider um, civic engagement and, and getting making sure that um, generations after us have an appreciation for the arts, and we merge that with technology also um, by working with programs like Code Fever and South Florida Cares. So it's a uh, mouthful, but <laughs> um, yeah. I hope I hope all of that kind of sunk in. <laughs> oh, for sure, that's amazing, and you know, uh, definitely go and check out the website. Um, again, that's www.prismartfair.com, and uh, you can check out all the special events there um, under mm-hmm. the Prism Program tab. Um, and you can also get the location down. Again, that's at the Miami Center for Architecture and Design which is on 100 Northeast 1st Avenue um, in Miami. And, you know, you can kick off the Basel, the, the, sorry, Basel season. <laughs> with, with <laughs> so uh, very cool. Well, <laughs> go ahead. I said you can't eat it. <laughs> yeah, that, it's not that's basil. True. Right. right. That's true. It's not basil. That's why I said it's not spelled like basil. It's spelled like basil. Uh, right. So, oh, yeah. So, I'm, all right. Well, I'm glad I was right on that one. So, um, all right, Mikhail, well, we want to thank you a lot for coming on the show tonight. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add before before we let you go? And uh, also, one more time, let everybody know where they can find you um, on Instagram and Twitter and all the social networks. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm very appreciative for um, you um, taking the time to uh, get – uh, giving me an opportunity to share um, our vision and our mission with your with your view um, listening ship, um, and um, if uh, you're interested, um, everybody can please um, just take a look at our website. All of our information is there. It's www.prismartfair.com, and you can find us at Prism Art Fair on all social media platforms, including Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Excellent, excellent. All right, guys, we'll go ahead and check her out. Uh, Mikhail, thanks a lot again uh, for coming on. We appreciate it, um, definitely. And uh, maybe we'll bring you back on again sometime during during the uh, during the exhibition, and, and you can tell us a little bit about how it's going. Oh, definitely. I would love to. All right, excellent. Well, have a great night, Mikhail. Again, thanks for joining us. And uh, all you guys out there, go ahead and, and check her out and check out the Prism Art Fair again happening now. Uh, December 4th through the 27th, I believe it was. Don't quote me on that last date. Uh, but definitely some happening things happening down here in Miami and Art, art Basel and people from all around coming to check out the art. Um, and, again, the cultured people out there are going to be out there checking everything out. So, Manny, that was pretty cool, huh? Awesome, man. I can't wait, man. I'm, I uh, I go – I try to go every year, and um... – I'm excited to go again this year, man. But um, yeah, man, the whole city gets popping. It gets uh, packed with people from all over the world. Really cool people, cool individuals, uh, with a totally different mindset. You know, these artists—they uh, they see the world, you know, as a as a work of art, and and uh, they see it as a totally different um, in a different light than we do. We're we're Neanderthals, Doctor Ray. What do you think? Well, I, I don't know if I would say we. I mean, no, nah, I'm just kidding, man. I uh, <laughs> like I said, I, I I appreciate I appreciate art, um, but I don't know you know that much about it. You know, again, it's something that I and I love to learn. You know, and like I said, I've been to museums all around the world. I've been to museums in Amsterdam. I've been to museums in Italy. I've been to museums in Norway. Um, I mean, all over the place. 
you know, so it, it's always something that I that I really enjoy and something that always attracts me, and it takes me away from just my normal everyday, you know, grind. And, yeah, and I think that that's the best part about it is that it gives you that outlet. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to go out there and check out Prism for sure. Um, and I'm just excited about the whole thing. So definitely getting ready to check out Art Basel this year. And, you know, I'm going to have to take my staff along with me, too, so I can educate them about the proper way to say Art Basel. There you go, man. There it is, my man. All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and let's move on here. Why don't we go ahead and uh, let's get into uh, a little bit of what's happening here with fantasy. Um, And, my man, we have had a little bit of a turnaround here. Let's Let's go back to being Neanderthals for a minute, and let's talk about some fantasy football because, if I remember the beginning of the season, <clears throat> there was somebody that kept talking about how good his team was doing and how bad my team was doing. And, uh, oh, you know, who's the expert here and what's going on? So, lo and behold, we pull it up. We're in week 12 now. And uh, the hot corner squad, my squad, is in fourth place now and climbing after three wins in a row. And uh, we've got IFPS, the team, uh, a few spots down down the rung there. Uh, so, Manny, you know, talk to me a little bit, man. What, what's going on here? Hey, don't worry about the rest, Dr. Ray. Don't worry about the rest. Um, I won my last – I won last week, and I'm making a comeback, brother. Don't worry. I'll be in the playoffs. I should be in the playoffs. I'm uh, I'm right there, tied. I just need one more just, win, and I'm in the playoffs. I'll, I'll be fine. Who do I play okay. next week? Oh man, I got the Jafakin next week or this week, actually. Yeah, you've got the you've got the Renegade, my man. You've got Renegade. And I tell you, um, I went ahead and just handed it to him. I don't know what happened, but he had one of his worst weeks of the season. Um, that's okay because I was actually yeah. the second highest second highest point scorer. Um, and you know, I, I think it, things worked out pretty well last week, considering uh, considering that I was playing the first place team. And you know, you know what's awesome about this league, Manny, is that there is not one person so far that has clinched a playoff spot. And the playoffs start in two weeks, so you know, to me, that's awesome. We have three teams tied in first place at a seven and four record, and then we have three teams tied in second place with a 6-5 and five record. Then we've got two teams with a 5-6 and six record, one with a 4-7 and seven, and one with a 2-9. and nine. So we've got a couple guys that are out of contention at this point, but pretty much one through eight right now could still be in the playoffs or out of the playoffs, depending on what happens over these next couple weeks. So it's crunch time right now. So we definitely wanted to talk about, um, you know, some of the pickups that are going to be out there. So, some of the guys that are out and some of the things that are going on. Um, I know there's a lot of people being affected right now by uh, <clears throat> some of the wide receiver and running back injuries that just happened. And funny, funnily enough, Denver themselves lost three people last week, um, two of them for some extended time and one possibly not for quite so long. But we have Emmanuel Sanders, who's been excellent out right now with a concussion. He was at practice, so that's good, but Anytime there's a concussion, you never know what's going to happen. Let's take Jordan Cameron, for example, the tight end for Cleveland, who's been out for the past four four games now, probably going to miss his fourth game this weekend, excuse me, um, versus Atlanta. So, you know, you never know with a concussion. Um, Emmanuel Sanders took a really nasty hit against St. Louis, and he had to leave in the third quarter. Um, but he's been just a force to deal with, one of the best wide receivers uh, so far. Um, also, in addition to that, Julius Thomas is out. So we've got Julius Thomas owners now that that need uh, some help. We've got Jordan Cameron owners that need some help. So, again, last week I, I mentioned uh, to try and go ahead and pick up Michael Rivera from Oakland, if you guys can pick him up. If he's still sitting out there on waiver wires, you know, he's been garnering a lot of attention ever since uh, uh, Fasano took – not Fasano, um, Sperano took over. I always mix those two guys up, especially when they were in Miami. Um, but ever since Sperano took over in Oakland, uh, Rivera's been getting a lot of looks, and, and he's been doing very well lately. So check out Michael Rivera if you're hurting for a tight end. Now, wide receiver-wise, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen in Denver, but I would suspect that Wes Welker might go ahead and, and pick up a little bit more playing time. 
but there's also a rookie that was drafted by the name of Lattimore, um, and he might start to make some noise here. So I'd say the safer pickup right now would be Welker if he's out there on waivers, which there's a good chance that he might be, considering that he's only owned, uh, I believe, in less than 50% of leagues right now at this point. So go ahead and check that out. But if you guys are hurting, these pickups right now are the most important because it's playoff run time. This is when you got to clinch a spot. It doesn't matter if you're one through six. The whole the whole goal right now is just get into the show. Um, so hey, Dr. Ray, I got a question for you. What do you got? Colin Kaepernick against Washington or Phillip Rivers against St. Louis? Oh, man, you know what? The way I look at it is this. Kaepernick has not been a very good fantasy quarterback this year. doesn't seem like he's having very good chemistry with his receivers. He doesn't have a great pass catching back out of the backfield. Frank Gore is not really involved in the passing game, um, so he's not a great PPR running back. Kaepernick hasn't been running as much as he did his rookie season. So, I don't know. I just don't see the upside play. He's a guy who kind of has, you know, a low ceiling and a low floor at the same time. Um, You know, and that's not really what you want out of your fantasy quarterback. You know, Phillip Rivers has the ability. He's got players that can make some really big plays for him. Malcolm Floyd had two touches last week. Uh, you got Keenan Allen, who can who can always, you know, break a big one. Uh, Ryan Matthews out of the backfield. Brandon Oliver out of the backfield. So, you know, and then, of course, he's got Gates and Green. So I think that if you're going for the upside play um, and probably even a little bit safer of a play, I would go with Phillip Rivers on that one. What do you think? That's who I have starting, man. I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers. I'm going to keep him up there. Um what do you think about this Alshon Jeffries or uh, Keenan Allen? You think Alshon Jeffries is going to be – he's currently questionable, man. What do, you, what do you think about those two? I got Alshon Jeffries, Keenan Allen, Julian Edelman, and Andre Johnson. Man, that's kind of a tough – that's kind of a tough one. Uh you know, the thing that I don't like about Jeffrey's injury is that it's a hamstring injury. And yeah. hamstrings, you know, those can pop at any second. And he's a big play guy. Now, that being said, he had the injury a little earlier in the season. It didn't really affect him. Um, he's had a lot of really big games, especially last week. He had a really big game. You know, at this point. And I he's going up against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't think that you can bench Alshon Jeffrey right now at this point. Um, I think okay. that you need to continue to roll with him. Uh, I think you need to uh, to keep Jeffrey in the lineup there, especially after having, you know, 17 targets last week and 11 catches. Um, so definitely stick with him there. Now, between the other guys, Edelman we know is probable. Brady's been on fire lately, um, and Edelman's big, been a big part of the passing attack. He had 30 points before they went on by. He had 13 last week. Uh, so he's definitely been a little bit more involved. Um, but Detroit does have a good a good secondary. So, you know, the Keenan Allen I like going against St. Louis because they've got a real good front seven, and it looks like they're going to be controlling the game a little bit more since they found out that they should finally give the ball to Trey Mason. Um, so I don't know how much San Diego is going to have the ball, but when they do, I think they're going to be passing a little bit more than anything. So Keenan Allen could be a pretty good play, but I would stick with the, with what you got in the lineup right now, um, and I would stick with Jeffrey and Edelman. Um, Andre Johnson, I might I might put Keenan Allen in over Andre Johnson. I, I don't know. I, I just don't have faith in Andre Johnson and, and that Houston passing attack right now with the emergence of DeAndre Hopkins and Arian Foster running back and, and the play of Fitzpatrick. I just I, I don't know. And how dominant the defense is, the defense, I think, is scoring more than the offense. So, especially J.J. Watt, he's even taking offensive looks in, in the end zone. So, you know, I, I think that uh, that Keenan Allen might be a little bit better of a play than Andre Johnson. Now, what do you think? That's what I just did. I switched up Andre Johnson, Keenan Allen. And I think I'm, uh, I think I'm set for this weekend. I think uh, if I lose, hey, I blame it on Dr. Ray. That's all good. There you go. That's all you got to do. Now, one thing I would do also is I would definitely switch your kickers, and I would put in Caleb Sturgis over Adam Vinatieri. 
just because the Dolphins are the Dolphins are not a great red zone scoring offense. Um, you know, they come up short a lot, and that turns into, you know, a lot of field goal attempts. You know, if you look at, at the breakdown between your kickers right now, uh, we, we've got 10 field goals between 20 and, thir- and 29 yards for Sturgis and only six for Vinatieri. Um, so now Vinatieri does have a couple extra longer ones, um, but Caleb Sturgis overall I think is getting more field goals. And, you know, you just want to make sure that you're getting as many points in as you can from that kicker. And I think the Dolphins, especially playing against that stout Denver defense with a good pass rush, are going to be able to uh, kick a few field goals for you there. Okay, I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, you might be right, man. You might be right. Yeah, hey, listen, anywhere you can get an extra point or two, that's the way to go. So that's what I would suggest. But uh, anyway, continuing to take a look at the league here, we got we got a couple big, big matchups coming in. Uh, coming in this week because we got, let me see. Well, we've got, I'm playing against Adam Tibia Bail Bonds, and we're, we have a pretty close matchup as far as the um, projections go. And then you're playing the Jafakin this week, Hans. So that should be a, a pretty good matchup. He's actually projected to be the league's high scorer as of right now. Um, then we've got, you know, a big matchup between Shelley's team and LL Cool K, who's also sitting in first place right now with the most points scored of the league. Um, and then we've got a big a big showdown between Fisher Law Firm and Bortle Combat as well, too. And then the bus drivers, who's fighting for a playoff spot right now, is going up against Volcano Pintos, who's at this point 2-9 and nine and, and sitting at the bottom of the league there. So we'll see what we, we, what we get on, uh, what we end up, getting after this week, but pretty close matchups all the way around. And I think after this week, we'll go ahead and we'll see that some people have clinched the playoffs uh, because we have a couple 7-4 and four teams playing against some other guys. So if any of those 7-4 and four teams win, I think that they're going to be moving on. So uh, we, we definitely have to look for that. But, Manny, we also have to congratulate you because last week not only did you win, but you had the Toyota Hall of Fame, Toyota Tundra biggest blowout, uh, with a win margin of 55 points. So congratulations, my friend. That's what I'm talking about. You see, don't <clears throat> underestimate the rookie, bro. I got you. Well, you know, I got to congratulate you too because this is actually the second time that you've had the uh, the biggest blowout of the week. So congratulations again, my man. And the only person that's Thank actually you, had the biggest blowout of the week more than you is LL Cool K, who is currently in first place with the most points scored nice. in the league after scoring 189 and 191 in two consecutive weeks. Um, so she has been on fire lately. Um, so we got to give it up to Caitlin and, and the uh, and LL Cool K because she's been doing great um, in the league. So, again, Caitlin, if you're listening, we want to thank you for playing. Uh, we enjoyed having you on the show last week again as well, too, talking some fantasy with us. So uh, very good stuff going on all around there. Um, yeah, there you go. You Teaches you not, don't don't make it don't make fun of girls playing fantasy, man. Because uh, if there's a girl playing fantasy uh, percentages and and uh, you know that it might be pretty good chances that that girl is very very good at fantasy football. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I agree with that 100%. Um, you know, if there's a girl playing, number one, she's already cool in my book. Um, and number two, that means that she's paying attention to what's going on. So uh, very cool stuff there. Um, <clears throat> all right, well, let's go ahead and let's keep it moving here a little bit. Manny, what do you think about everything that's been going on now in the MLB? The stove is on and cooking in the off season here. Uh, we have – the biggest contract ever in North American sports uh, signed to Miami's very own Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, man, that, that, look, Dr. Ray, that's so, it's so Miami, man. It's so Miami. You know, we always need to do things bigger and better than everybody else. Um, but I, I just, you know, I, I know you don't like talking about this stuff. But I, I really don't trust this Loria guy, man. He um, 
I don't know if you remember, but I I, I think I remember a, a mayor getting fired over the Marlin Stadium deal. Um, you know that we ended up paying for it, and now they're just going to write a check, the biggest check in 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 sports history, bro. It's it's I, I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore. Well, I mean, I I think that it was something that. I think it's something that needed to be done. I mean, you've got to lock up Giancarlo Stanton. The fan base here is, I mean, that's all they have to look forward to. You know, Giancarlo Stanton and, of course, Jose Fernandez. I mean, we've got two of the best young stars in the game. Both these guys are under 25. I mean, mean, it's amazing to think that we've got Stanton now locked up and somebody that's going to put, you know, fans and hopefully keep fans alive down here in uh, South Florida because, you know, the stadium is, a, is an amazing venue. And, you know, if, it, if it's anything, we need to get our kids playing baseball. I mean, baseball is such a great thing for discipline and to teach you about team sports and, you know, how to socialize and, dis- and as I mentioned, the discipline of it. You know, it's something that is – very difficult and very challenging and if you're not disciplined you're going to fail and it teaches you a lot about life and at the same time if your kid grows up and he's got talent you know he could be a millionaire and he could you know I mean look at Stanton this kid is is now making $65,000 a day for the next 13 years yeah no I I totally I hear I hear what you're saying Dr. Ray but no, no. And if I was Stanton, I would take the money and don't don't take one look back. Of course, I. What I don't like is now. Okay, you have Stanton. Fine, you paid him the biggest contract in Major League history. Fine, um, you have Jose Fernandez, but he he's only going to be playing every four or five games or every four or five days. Correct. Yep. Okay, now that's fine and dandy every four or five days, but um, you know what are you going to surround John Carlos with, man? Because if if I was another major league pitcher, I would I would pitch around him. Uh, I give him the base and 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 pitch against whatever whatever else is coming up for the Marlins, which is not going to be much. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I, I personally think that, you know, when Loria said, oh, we're going to spend money and we're going to bring Reyes in and this and that, and we had the team and then we traded everybody, I think it was actually a really good move because it gave us the cap space and everything. And to be able to go ahead and make a move and to sign Stanton long term. And, you know, if you think about it, we had we were there the whole the whole season last season. I mean, we've done a great job with our pitchers developing them. I mean, Henderson Alvarez has come a long way. You know, Nate Eovaldi had a great season last year. So, you know, we actually got some really good young players for for some veterans who, frankly, haven't done much on the teams that they've gone to either. You know, so Danny Echeverria has been great at shortstop, and he finally started to, to you know, wake up his bat a little bit. So. I think the Marlins are going to be in actually in pretty good shape. And, you know, maybe one free agent signing here, one free agent signing there. We've got a heck of a bullpen. Um, I think that the Marlins are in contention, man. You know, it's a long season, and, you know, we've got to see what these other teams do, but it's about chemistry. And right now it looks like there's a good chemistry in there with the ball club, and, you know, Stanton now knows that that they're committed to him, and he's going to be, I think, just a, a great player. And when, it, when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be – one of the best Marlins of all time. You know, he's definitely going to have the best numbers, I believe. And, you know, I think that if we just put the right pieces around him, we give some protection behind him. This year, Casey McGee was amazing behind him. You know, I mean, look at how many guys we had with, you know, 70-plus RBIs with Marcelo Zuna and, and McGee. And, I mean, it was just – it was a great year this year. And we made a, a run for it. And, who knows, maybe if Stanton didn't get hit in the face, we wouldn't have, you know, dropped out of contention there towards the end for the last 17, 18 games there. But I think it was the right move. I think it was a good move. Um, you know, I think you gotta you got to give that guy whatever he wants to keep him happy because, you know, he can put the team on his back. And, you know, 
I'm going to see 40, 50 home runs from that guy over the next few years is, is a real possibility, man. I mean, every year, you know, he could hit 50. When he gets hot, he gets hot, and that's what you need to be, uh, you know, a, a great team. So I'm, I'm excited. Oh, yeah, that guy. Listen, the guy is an animal. I've seen him. I've seen him up close and, and personal. I've seen him uh, back when the Marlins played at uh, at Sunlight. I've seen him underground, under the stadium, uh, taking BP in the cages down there. Uh, we we hosted a uh, a cancer survivor, a little kid. He was like five or six years old, and he was taking some BP in the in the Marlins batting pra- uh, batting cage downstairs. And all of a sudden, this towering guy comes in and, uh, you know, says says to the little kid, hey, uh, can I take some batting practice? you mind if I take some batting practice? And, and you know, it, it's, it's Giancarlo Stanton. And that was a pretty cool, pretty cool uh, experience for the little kid. But um, really cool guy, man. And, and, you know, hey, if the Marlins wouldn't have taken him, I, I would have loved for him to go to the Yankees, my team, the Yankees, the New York Yankees. But, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know, man. I don't know about this deal. Um, I hope it works out for the Marlins. I just, um, you know how I feel about the Marlins ownership, the Marlins brass, man. I don't, I don't really trust them very much. And, 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 and rightfully so. I think with the history of, of this, organization and the way he's ran the team, man. I, I don't know. I, I just don't trust him. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I can understand the mistrust um, 100%. I can I can understand the mistrust, especially with after everything that happened, um, you know, with the fire sales, and it's not the first time that it happened to us. You know, he did it, he did it to us one time before it was different ownership, but you know, at the same time, it, it, I understand the frustration. You know, as a fan myself, um, you know, the A's are my favorite team out there. Um, but I'm a big supporter of the hometown uh, Marlins. I love the Marlins. You know, oh, I, yeah. I, go, I go to a bunch of games. the Marlins did. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I'm i hopeful that, you know, that, that we're going to see some good things coming from the organization. And, listen, any, any, any way that this guy goes to – you know, any way that, that this guy decides to take the team right now at this point, you know, he's making money if he does the right things. And if he puts a good team together, people will go and people will, will support. So, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be good. And, and I'm not saying I trust Loria, but if he's a good businessman, um, then he'll do what he needs to to make sure that the Marlins are, you know, in, in contention uh, come the end of the year. And I think he took the first step by signing Stanton right there to that long-term deal um, and, and also putting in that uh, that no-trade clause in there. So I'm excited about it, my man. But um, let's go ahead and keep it moving. I do want to uh, just spend the last few minutes of the show here kind of talking about uh, prostate cancer. Again, it is uh, the health topic of the night, and it is November still. And I don't know if you guys have seen it. Maybe I'll tweet it out there, but... My mustache is growing in pretty darn nice right now, man. You saw it this weekend at the game. What do you, what do you think? I uh, not that I have anything against Mexicans or or the Mexican people out there, uh, but I, I thought you looked a little Mexican out there. It, it's it's not a full mustache, but you're you know you're you're letting it grow in there. You're letting it. Uh, let uh letting it get filled up there, but um man, good shout out to you, Doctor Ray. Great, great, great job on that mustache. Thank you, sir. Well, you know, I got to thank my parents for that for the genes um, to be able to make that happen. <laughs> but I also want to thank Movember for the opportunity. You know, because normally in in, in my position, uh, you know, I run my own practice and I try to keep everything here as professional as I can, but. If you guys know me at all, you all know that I like to have fun as well, too. And, and I believe that life is about working hard, uh, but it's also about, you know, working hard for a reason. And, and sometimes that reason is to have fun. And, and you know, so I, I like to make sure that I keep a good balance there. And November is one of those one of those opportunities where, you know, you can do something that's for a great cause, but you can also be a little bit silly about it, you know. So 
I like the the mustache. <clears throat> I definitely got a lot of comments about Mexican and Super Troopers and Officer Dangle and all the famous mustaches out there. So um, I'm kind of growing the beard back in a little bit right now to go along with it, but I don't think I'm going to cut the mustache down. I think I'm going to go ahead and, and grow it into a little bit of uh, the doctor from uh, Django Unchained. Do you remember that? Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, of course I did, but you, I don't know. You're going to look a little freaky, Dr. Ray, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll see. Chiropractors are, are known to have great beards or great mustaches, so maybe I'll grow into a great, a great be mustache chiropractor. Be, be careful you don't start looking like a 70s porn star, Dr. Ray. Be careful out there. Uh, well, you know, uh, that that. I don't know. That we'll leave that. Uh, that's beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's all I got to say about that. But uh, <laughs> anyways, the, the whole point behind the mustache is that it's to create conversation about prostate cancer. And prostate cancer is something that's very real, and and it's something that that actually is is affecting you know somebody that I that I personally know. Um, and it's something that is very scary. You know, it, it's. All of a sudden, you start to see a couple little symptoms here and there, and uh, you know, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I have, I have prostate cancer, and just the word cancer itself is is very very scary, you know. And then when you learn that it's up your prostate, and a lot of guys don't even know what a prostate is or what it does or anything like that, you know. So that's the whole point of raising the awareness for this month with the Movember with the mustache and getting everything like like that going. So, you know, when we're talking about prostate cancer, again, the prostate is a gland, um, and it surrounds basically the, the, the end of the urethra, um, and it helps to make a fluid, which, which, is, a, which is a part of, of sperm, actually, um, and, and it <clears throat> secretes that into, into the urethra, and then um, it, it merges there, and, and it's all, you know, a lot technical. It's just an easy way to say it, but... Basically, the whole thing is that the the prostate will start to affect um, a lot of um, a lot of I guess excretion, urinary excretion flow. It can lead to erection issues. It can lead to those kinds of things. But the first problem, the first couple signs that you're going to see whenever there's prosthetic cancer or enlargement, the stream of the urine is going to start to kind of slow down. Or um, not necessarily slow down, but also start to probably become a little bit weaker. You may not see the same force behind the stream. And in addition, it may be difficult to urinate because the prostate can actually block the flow from the bladder through the urethra and then again out um, into the toilet there. So it's something that if you notice any change at all, all right, and this can start to happen around the age of, you know, up, upper maybe let's say 40 and up, all right? That's when we say that it's, start, it's time to start checking out the prostate on a regular basis. Um, but lately, what, what, the pre, what the numbers have been showing is that people are starting to develop prostate cancer at a younger age, and there's a lot that goes into that. And actually, one of the biggest causes could actually be barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce, when you cook it, becomes very charred and... Um, blackened, and, and that blackened is, is actually something that's called an AGE, or an advanced glycosylated end product. And that is actually a carcinogen to your body. And so the whole thing is, don't cook with barbecue sauce, don't put barbecue sauce on the grill, put it on after you've already finished cooking so that caramelization doesn't happen and you don't increase carcinogenic activity in your body. Um, so that's one thing, just my tip for the day. Um, if you guys want, you can check out um, all kinds of prostate cancer facts online. But get out there, support Movember, donate some money, get you know, get informed about prostate cancer because it's a very prevalent thing for men, and especially with the toxicity in the environments that we have nowadays. And I wish we had a little bit more time to talk about it, but I know we got to wrap up the show tonight. So if you guys have any questions about prostate, tweet me at Dr. Ray T. Give us a call and let us know. And uh, I hear the war chant coming, so that means that it's almost time to end the show. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next week, everybody out there, be safe, be well, and we'll see you next week on the Hot Corner.
and go Kane. Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.